Um, up to that point, I love to invite Nick kindly. Yes, Makofi has he come? Has he come? Praise God. Praise God again. I suppose it's the first time for everything. <laughs> so, the reason I'm standing here today is um, since the beginning of um, February, I've been feeling the conviction to come and share what is, in essence, my life testimony. So, in the next five minutes, hopefully, I can summarize three and a half years. <laughs> of my life. Now, I can only hope that what I'm going to say today might be able to touch someone or anyone in this place who is feeling like they're going through depression. It's something all of us have. It's a face we all wear. For some, it's easily seen. For some, it's not. But if you're sitting there and you're depressed, I hope today maybe the words which I'm speaking to you through the spirit will cause a positive change in your life. Now, um, <laughs> what my testimony is basically about before I begin is to show that you know, many a times when people come here and speak, they talk about God's grace. But most of us can't really relate unless our eyes are open to that situation. Now, how I tie my testimony is because God's grace is constant whether you see it or not. But how you see that God's grace is constant is by walking in faith. And how we walk in faith is by affirming it through the word. Now, I recently shared with Pastor KT and I've shared with some of my friends that walking in faith is like... Um, free-falling without a parachute. The only thing you can see is the ground below you. And that scares a lot of people because you only see the doom, but you don't see anything else. All you see is the ground. And there's no else you can look for safety. But when you walk in faith, that's when you learn to, to glide. Because God never lets anyone hit the ground. And when you glide, it doesn't mean it'll always be a smooth journey. Sometimes you'll find turbulent winds, sometimes you'll fly into a cloud and get wet, sometimes you'll fly into a swarm of locusts, of course that will get messy. <laughs> but as long as you have faith, you will not hit the ground. So, to begin this simply, um, I graduated a culinary arts student in 2016. Uh, for those who don't know what culinary arts is, it basically means a, a chef's course. So I am a trained chef. Um, yeah, sure, I graduated in 2016 October. I had the papers, I had the confidence, and I had the skill. And for the following eight months, you know, when you're searching for a job, you'll go for interviews. By God's grace, I was most of the time early, not punctual, early. I always dressed the part which is something I made sure because of the training I had in college. So I was sure, first impressions, I was okay. 
I never flinched in an interview because most people hear the question and I know people will say this is the hardest question you'll be asked. Tell me about yourself. And most people start dialing their fingers when they get that question. <laughs> But it's one of the easiest questions for me because I know myself for the most part. And I used to have a lot of confidence. But going down the line, you know, you'll go for an interview, you'll think it'll go well, they'll tell you, we'll get back to you in two weeks, or they'll even, you know, sometimes they'll tell you, we'll talk to you. And a week would pass, some of them would communicate, some of them would wait two weeks and then get the feedback. For the most part, I never got the job. And what that does, it, it dents your confidence. <laughs> so eight months down the line, I was in a place where I had hit rock bottom in terms of confidence. I was depressed. It wasn't something people could see easily, but it was there. Now, all the while, I have a friend. Um, he used to invite me to fellowship. And I kept making up this excuse, like some of us do when we don't want to go to church. Like, I haven't been to this fellowship group. I don't know what kind of people are there. I might be judged. Um, this is a different church, different doctrine. And you know, at the, at the bottom of my heart, I could feel there was this pit. I was lacking something. And it wasn't something that alcohol could feel. It wasn't something that hanging out with friends could feel. It wasn't th something that gaming could feel. It was just there. So one day he decides, and you know, God has a funny way of taking you to where you want to be regardless of how much you fight it. Yep. So he tells me, we're having a team building and we want you to come. Well, since Tunachoma Nyama, this is your area of expertise, you might come and give an opinion. So I went. Needless to say, I met the people in that fellowship group and I didn't feel judged for the most part. It was a group of people of different ages and I felt more welcome than anything else. And this was the beginning of my journey of rededicating my life in Christ because the following week I attended my first fellowship with these people. And funny enough, the place where we went was barely a hundred feet from where I live. It was a house I would actually get out and see across. So in that fellowship meeting, I rededicated my life to Christ and two weeks, two weeks of prayer, two weeks of learning how to read the word, just two weeks, did what eight months could not achieve. I got my first job then. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't where I wanted to start because I was working in a nightclub, but it was a job nonetheless. And I was in disbelief. And in six months, I tried cultivating my faith, which was the most important thing because I knew I was lacking a spiritual connection, but I found it in that fellowship group for the first time in a long time. And I knew that that was the one thing I needed to focus on. So six months down the line, this club starts to see profits. I moved to another club under the same holdings. And then because of some embezzlement and, you know, just wrangles, By that time, I felt in my heart that this was not the right place for someone who is growing in their faith to be in that place. And so I prayed to God and I asked him, because you gave me this job, if this is you telling me to walk away, give me the strength and the peace of mind to part ways with this place. So I resigned end of November, that was 20, 2017. Yeah. And for the whole month of December, I had peace of mind like I'd never had in the first eight months of lacking a job because I knew the same God who gave me this first job would give me another one. And on January 16th, 2018, I went for another interview. 
I arrived an hour and a half early and the interview is just 15 minutes. But when I was leaving, I had gotten the confirmation that I would actually start that job. How many people can quit a job and get another one in a month and a half? In this country, where 35% of the youth are jobless. To me, that was God's grace speaking aloud, and it manifested through physical appearance. And I could tell that. So on the 31st, I started that job. Of course, I was in disbelief for the two weeks. You know, you're still like, I'm not sure I got this job. But I started on the 31st. And between the 31st of January to March, I got my first promotion. Where people wait six months for the first raise, let alone a promotion. And the first raise came in April. Between April and August, or between Feb and August, I'd have two promotions and two raises. By the time August was upon us, I was actually running the place. It was a Mexican eatery in Village Market. <laughs> that was the physical manifestation of God's grace in my life. And all the while, when I was coming to my second year of fellowship, because that was beginning sometime in June, I knew that there was a change that was coming. And so by the time I was head chef, you know, you have to keep all these records, you have to do all these things. And here I'm thinking, I need a laptop. This is a side note, but you'll see how it all connects. And so I purposed to buy a laptop, which I ended up buying in November. A good one, by God's grace. Um, but between August and, okay, from August going for the next 10 months were what would be some of the hardest times I had working in that place. Because between the month of August and um, what would be July, I developed a nerve complication um, in my nose. Of course, for the following 10 months, it would be a lot of pain and misery working in that place. But at the same time, there were still small victories because at the end of the day, I thanked God for every day I woke up and I went to work. And between the first three months, that's August and October, I could actually count the number of days I was not in pain. And for those three months, I was on medication continually. Five out of those ten months, I was on medication. And in those ten months, I'd had seven doctor's appointments with six different doctors, three of them specialists. And the bottom line was, by the time it was getting to 2019, May, the last specialist I saw who was my boss's personal physician and recommended and paid for by my boss told me the basic option is we cannot operate on this so you'd have to change your careers you'd have to start from scratch that was the message that was coming across this is me going from a line cook to a head chef in six months and then having to quit that job but god's grace was still there because even when I was still going through this trouble, my boss wanted to change the place I was working to take off this load of being a head chef from me. Put me in another business he was opening, give me a third raise, just so he could keep me on his payroll. However, God's plans are not the plans of men. <laughs> so 10 days into the new month that I was getting a promotion, I ended up resigning from that place completely. And of course, I was thinking, job. This man had so much and he lost it all 
minutes apart. He didn't curse God, but like any other man, he argued with God, he contended with God. But here's what was different. Even when I quit, I still felt God telling me, there's something happening and I need you to trust me through this. So the laptop I bought in November, I call it Grace for a specific reason. I am speaking the physical manifestation of what God has blessed me with since my journey began. So a few months later, my resident pastor at Fellowship, who is also my good friend and my neighbor, tells me, he owns an IT company, so he tells me, we're doing a programming language with the aim of getting projects for this company after we're done. If you're interested, come. All the while I was thinking, I have underused this laptop and I need to do something with it. And then when I started these classes, it hit me. I started working as a chef and all these promotions and raises I got, I sat down and counted that money. (laughs) In a month, in a year and six months, without counting tips, my salary alone was over half a million, money that I had in my hands. But that wasn't the purpose of that money. That was God's grace. The laptop I got was God setting me up for what I am doing now. I am training for a job, for something harder. I am going through a change. It is messy. But what God has completed in spirit is what is being manifested in the world. Now, I came to understand, as I summarize, that God's grace is twofold. When you work to build your faith, it will physically manifest in the things he blesses you with. And that's just the first part. But the more you know God, then he shows you a different side. The trials you will face are meant to show you That God's grace is still there throughout, even in the challenges, because even if you struggle, he will show you that he is there and he will build something better in you. So for those who hear about testimonies of things happening, my story isn't a perfect ending, but it's an ending that's going to be glorifying God. It's something that's building up. So if you're sitting there and you're depressed, if you're sitting there and you're struggling with your control, Here's the one thing. You have faith, but you have faith in your control. You have faith, but your cup is still full. So empty that confidence. There are people who drive cars here, and I know they will testify. Nobody likes a backseat driver. If you're going to take someone somewhere and someone is telling you, no, you're driving too fast, it will often depress people. And that's what people are making God. It's not you driving the car, it's God. What you're doing is being a backseat driver. (laughs) So, personally I made my resolution, one thing, to grow in spirit and to grow in spirit alone. Everything else that has come my way has come as a result of that one resolution. So if you're sitting there and you're depressed, understand one thing. It doesn't start with you. It starts with God. So, Hopefully, I'll be able to share with you someday soon. Again, um, I thank you all for listening to me, and um, God bless you all. Now, um, I know I've probably exceeded my five minutes, but um, please help me welcome a servant of God, 
a man whom we we'll all love and appreciate and we generally thank God for um Pastor Kitty Thank you Nick um I don't know whether you can help me to bring this Um bwana sifiwe bwana Yesu asifiwe Um I want you to just think on what Nick has just shared concerning God's grace and according to the word grace is freely given but the person that gives has gone through a lot and that person is Jesus thank you for choosing to go out of your way to just speak to us about God's grace. I want to bring to our attention like two announcements, three, and then I'll share the word briefly. And one for those who know Bridge, Bridge is a program for those who have just finished high school and are on transition to college and university. Bridge is not here. The bridge, the bridges are not here today. We have 24 people who are in Upper Kabete, Word of Life, and yesterday together with Nelson and some of us, we went to visit, the, to visit them, and they are doing okay. The other announcement is, um, we have one of us, I rarely do this, but we have one of us who has been diligently in serving, and his family is going through a tough time. His dad is in... Um, industrial area prison because of something that happened at work and it, it wasn't his fault and they just need 10,000 so that he can be bailed out and I want to extend this to us already they've raised 4,000 shillings and if we are able to give even if it's 50 shillings it will still go a long way so Caleb Caleb is there and maybe after the service we can just see Caleb and give him whatever you'll give him so that we'll give that guy and his father will be released on bail. So, um, the other announcement is I remember at the end of the year and towards the beginning of the year we usually announce about internship. And I remember I mentioned that I am one of the recipients of the beneficiaries, sorry, of the internship program that happens in this church. We call it Cultivate Internship. And this year, for the first time, we have someone actually from, from Frontrunners, two people from Frontrunners, and we thank God for them. Guys, I want to announce to us Nelson Gasheru. He's seated at the back there. Nelson Gasheru, you don't have to come. Uh, Nelson Gasheru and the other person is uh, Susan, Susan Jerry, and and she's serving. She's serving with Bridge. She's away on uh, on on at at Word of Life, Kabete. And the third person, by the way, he's also an, a front runner, Andrew Muganda. He's in the main sanctuary today. I thank God. I thank God for you guys. I thank God for you guys. Um, let's turn to our Bibles to the book of 
Genesis chapter 22, but we'll share it a bit later. Genesis chapter 22. Statistics says that in Kenya over 65% are actually young people. And someone here said that 35%, I think it was Nick, don't have jobs. That's like half of the 65%. And most of us, we were birthed into something called social media. And something about social media is we have allowed it to dictate how we will live our lives. We have allowed it to be something that shows us on the way that we should go when it comes to relationships, when it comes to the things of God. A research says that many people actually don't want to come to church because of social media. Now this is the extreme end. And the reason I'm trying to build my sermon on this series, we are doing open arms where we give and receive. The reason as to why we find it hard to come to church is when you're seated behind that screen, be it your phone, tablet, computer, desktop, whichever thing that connects you to the outside world, over 7 billion people, you want to be told nice things. You want to be given likes. You want people to speak to you in a manner that you will feel good and it produces the dopamine substance. You feel good. But when you come to church, sometimes you will be rebuked. Sometimes you will be told that the thing that you're doing is not good. And most of the times we tend to isolate ourselves so that we will take glory in that which will not glorify God. And we have allowed social media to dictate to us to be a people that we will do things without even going through the process. Nick spoke about process. This is why we find Instagram, we can post something for one minute. In other apps like WhatsApp, we post things for 30 seconds and then it disappears. When it comes to relationships, we want it to be short-lived only for the good times. When it comes to the things of God like giving, we don't go as per that, but we want to receive. The social media is where we want, if it is to give, we post the, the, the deep quotes. But are we living what we do? And the Salmon series, Open Arms, is speaking about giving. Someone say that the things that I have placed in God's hands and I did not withhold actually turned out to be a blessing. 
And you see, social media has dictated to us if you speak against me or if you're going to give, if you're not going to give me something that I want, I block you. In church, you can't block the next person. At home, you can't block the person that is trying to rebuke you. From the Bible, we can see a trend when it comes to giving. The worship team was leading us in worship, and when we worship, we are giving. When we are sitting to listen to the word, we are receiving. And that is how God works. The principles of God are the way he's put it in his word. But when we allow the social media to dictate to us that we only receive, we are missing the, 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 the cycle, the cycle of giving and receiving. From the book of Genesis, we get to find that God is actually a giving God. He is someone who sets the precedence on how we can be able to give. And when I speak of giving, I'm not only limiting it to finances. I want us to understand that giving is beyond finances only. We give God glory. We give God praise. We thank him for what he's done. Many are the times that we come to church and we just come and say, Pastor or Nelson or Andrew or Caleb or any other person, I want you to pray for me for school fees. In other words, you want to receive, but are you someone who gives? Do you give off of your life as the book of, of Romans chapter 12 says, give off your life as a living sacrifice? holy and pleasing to God. God is a giving father. God is someone who gives because he takes delight. He wants to see people being blessed by him giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. Giving is for lovers. In the book of Exodus, God saves the children of Israel. He saves them from slavery, saves them from bondage, saves them from Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of Satan and Egypt is a type of sin. God delivers his people because he knows that the people that are called by my name, I will deliver them and I will save them. I want to give them life and life in abundance. And after they have come from the, the, the land of slavery and they go into the land that God is calling them to, something happens. He gives them rules on how you are able to live. And that paints a picture of someone who gives their life to Jesus. You see, giving is something that we can't live without. Woe unto a generation that is brought according to the ways of social media that we struggle to obey but we want to receive that's why we find many people are cursing people speaking in tongues and at the same time they are using the f word the s word and all the other words that we know that are cursive words but when we come to church we want god to give us we want to receive 
and I'm sorry you will pray how the, the number of prayers that you will pray the number of things that you will do but if your heart is not right if you don't obey because God has actually saved you from a land of slavery he's delivered you from sin but you're still cursing and you're still living up uh, according to the ways that you have been taught in the social media world there is no way you're going to you will pray yourself to death God will not answer you God wants us to follow the ways of the Bible. He wants us to, to live according to the scriptures. That's why you will find someone who is truly following the ways of God. Even though they may struggle, they will get to the place that they will stop, stop doing the things that they used to do when they used to sleep with the enemy. The Bible says that give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men. And many of us has distort, have distorted that scripture thinking that it's about finances. And that's why when we want to give, we want to give so that we will receive. But Jesus in that context wasn't speaking even about finances. He was speaking about giving off of your time and energy, giving off of, your, of, your, of, of, of the things that God has deposited in you. So when you give forgiveness to another person, you are able to receive forgiveness. When you give your time, someone is also going to give their time. But many of us may be seated and we want God to just give us and we quote scriptures each and every other day, things that will be pleasing to us, but at the end we will just be shouting amen and nothing will be happening in our lives. God is teaching us to be people who will give. Before we go to Genesis chapter 22, I want us to don't even go there. The Bible in the book of Luke chapter 21 speaks of a story of a woman who Jesus was speaking about. And this is a time when people were giving money. And this woman, she is a widow and a widow in that time didn't have a place in, in the Jewish culture. She didn't have any place to belong, but she gave off of what she had. The Bible says that she gave two talents. And according to that, I did a research and if you, if you look at that from, a, from a, our, our world today, it's equivalent to $1.68 dollars. And she gave all that she had. She gave everything that she had. And what did Jesus say? Truly I tell you, this poor widow, a poor widow, has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. In fact, Jesus said that these people were giving their gifts. But this poor widow gave what she had. Jesus gives a lesson on how God evaluates giving. And one, a person's gift is determined not by the amount he or she gives, but by the amount of sacrifice involved in the giving. The rich at times 
they give only out of their wealth, making no real sacrifice. Sacrifice is in the giving. For God so loved the world that he sacrificed, he gave, he gave his only. How many of us are able to give our only 500 that we have as long as God directs? How many of us are able to give our only precious time when we are supposed to sleep, when others are sleeping? How many of us are willing to give and sacrifice? The second point is this principle can be applied to all our services to God. God judges our work and ministry not by its size or influence or by success, by the amount of sincere dedication, sacrifice, faith, and love involved. How many of us are able to give out of love? There's a scientist said, I'm now speaking about one of the benefits of giving. There's, there's a scientist that said that there's something that happens to us in the physical whenever we give. There's something that happens. I spoke about dopamine. There's another chemical called oxytocin. Oxytocin is actually one that makes you to love, one that makes you to, 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 to build friendship. One friendships, one that makes you to, to trust and, and it's an intense feeling of safety that someone has your back. And this is the hormone or, or the, the substance in, in our body that makes us to, to, to become generous in our giving. It helps us to, 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 to do things that we will give even without expecting anything to be to be given back to us and this scientist is saying that um, that through acts of human giving or human generosity we are able to get oxytocin we spend our time and energy and we expect nothing in return how many of us even though maybe we are in the school where God is teaching us to trust, to have faith, to, to, to believe that God will walk us through, how many of us are able to give? And remember, I'm not speaking about finances only. We've just picked the story of the widow's might. She gave what she had. And we are seeing from a scientific perspective that giving actually makes us feel good. And I'm not bragging as I share this. Many of the times I cook on Mondays and the reason as to why I do that is because I have learned that it's because of the oxytocin. I cook and then I give people I cook and then I call people to come and have something to eat. And 
maybe a few of us in this place have been beneficiaries of that. I cook and I walk down to the watchman, someone who I don't even need at times, and I give him, I tell him, I want you to just enjoy this. And it makes me to feel good, not because of the comments, not because of your, your, your making nice meals, but it's because it makes me to feel good. Something else about giving is giving changes us. Genesis chapter 22 verse 1. Sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him. Remember giving sacrifice. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Before we read verse 3, where Abraham was to where they were supposed to go, Mount Moriah, it was actually 120 plus kilometers, a journey of more than three days. Sacrifice, uh, verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took him, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. You see how I'm, I'm trying to bring the point to perspective. It took three days. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went together. Verse 7, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, ah, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I just want you to think. You are the one who is going to be burnt with what you're carrying. And the Bible started by saying, God tested Abraham. God tests and then he sets you in a place so that you will exercise your faith and obedience and the Bible says the following day he rose up. How many of us, because of our walk with God, we will rise up the following day or immediately we will just choose to walk? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. The two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. I'm just trying to think how he laid him. I don't know whether he struggled. Abraham had waited on God for about 25 years because he received the prophecy that he will get a son 
when he was about 75 and he gets this child when he is about 100 years 25 years of waiting you've seen the people that you are with prima they get married and they have children their children about 25 years some are even now going back to 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 pay visits to their parents you you're still there trying to get a child you've done all that you can so that you will get a child and then you birth this child you are old struggling to walk and you're supposed to teach this person who needs to learn how to walk but he still held on in fact the bible in the book of romans chapter 4 says that abraham's faith never wavered how many of us the Lord is able to say that the faith of so-and-so never wavered because they held on to the promise. Remember, we have been birthed into this thing called social media and we want things now. If you were Abraham, would you have waited for five minutes? His faith never wavered. And then the thing that God gives you, he wants it back. The thing that you've trusted, the job that you have prayed, the, the relationship that you have been believing God for and God gives you and then he tells you he wants it back. Are you able to give it back to him? And then the Bible continues. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I just want you to drive yourself to that here and be there. And it's like you're watching Abraham. He's trying to hold his son's mouth. He is trying to tell him, oh son, don't worry. Don't worry. You are going to come back to life. This is, this is magic. This is magic. Just, just see. And... Sometimes it may be easy because we have the whole story. But think of what the son is thinking and think of what the father is thinking. Maybe the father was like, what if I do this and this doesn't happen? Or maybe this son escapes, he runs. What will I tell Sarah? What will he tell his classmates. Um, so Isaac, tell us how your weekend was. Um, <laughs> we went to a mountain and my father, <laughs> and he's called the father of nations, my father tried to kill me. Should I call the police on him? I just want you to think how that moment was. Verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son 
your only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Abraham loved his only son, but he gave. It changes us. Giving changes us. Verse 14, the last verse. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. I think William McDowell, the song with holding nothing came from that verse, verse 13. Because you give what you have. You give what you have and because of your walk with God it changes you it changes you completely it makes you have faith there is no place written in scripture Isaac said my dad is a great father but he tried to offer me as a sacrifice giving changes us Giving strengthens our walk with God. Giving makes us to obey God even more because if we trusted him with the one that he gave us, we believe that even if he takes away that which he gave us, he is able to give us something else even better. Open arms is what God is calling us. Maybe your sacrifice may not be as big as Abraham's, but just look at the things that God has given you. God has given you a job. God has given you a relationship. God has given you parents. God has given you a, a good health. God has given you a life today. And are you able to even give him the life that you have? Giving is for lovers. Remember I had said that God wants us to give. It's not only finances. Because sometimes as young people we may never have finances. But there's something that God has deposited in us that we can give. I remember when I was in Bible school, 2011, I had entered and nothing looking like going to be to be paid in terms of school fees i was struggling and i was living with another person but something that i knew i can give my time and i remember i would go to another family the family the man is a doctor and the lady works at kpc kenya pipeline company as one of the heads there and I will sit there and teach them the things that I was being taught when I was in Bible school. I didn't know that as I was giving, it was setting a stage for my faith to be strengthened. I didn't know that I was setting myself in a place that I will receive exceedingly and abundantly. Remember, give and it shall be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over that men will give unto you. And 2012, I remember so clearly, I was staying with another guy. And this guy told me from this day on, I think you have to stay by yourself. And the family that I used to teach, they came to me and they told me one day, they called me Kevo. Kevo, we have been thinking about you. 
you have given off of your time you have given off of the things that you have been taught and we have been blessed by everything and from this day on we are going to give you a house and we are going to give you everything in it and you're going to stay in that house until you graduate from bible school i did not give what i had knowing in mind that these people will sort me but i gave because i knew that giving it is more blessed to give than to receive you see how god sets up his people it's time that we stop looking at things from a place that we don't have finances but god puts you in a place so that you will exercise giving and as you give doors will open many people in this place doors have been opened but because you are looking at it from a financial perspective you cannot walk through that door of blessing you cannot walk through that door that will will change you in terms of your walk with god sometimes it can even be on social media the things that you post you never know but god has opened doors are you able to give are you able to give some of us are in this place and they have jobs and you're starting your job and you say you can't give your tithe or offering if you can't give god cannot give you a good job god cannot raise your pay that's why you will be there for the rest of your life and you will be complaining and murmuring and saying that this place i am not growing and the thing is not about god but the thing is about you as i finish i'll say open arms is both being prepared to give and to receive god desires that we keep open arms to receive from him and to give away so that we can continue to enjoy this relationship with him when we give god what he asks he returns to us far more than we could imagine let's bow down our heads you're here and maybe you haven't given your life to jesus just lift up your hand and we will pray together you you are saying jesus i want to give my life to you i want to know you just lift up your hand you saying lord i desire to have a relationship with you just raise your hand and we are going to pray together maybe you're here and you're saying lord i even don't know how i'm going to start giving i am completely lost so help me on how i can be able to give be it my time be it my my energy be it anything even a listening ear god help me just lift up your hand and put it down thank you for those hands just lift it up and put it down 
thank you for those hands. Lord, we thank you where we are at in your presence, oh God. We will never be the same again. Help us to give ourselves to you. Help us on how we can be able to give. Help us to grow because whenever we give off of our time, whenever we give off of ourselves, whenever we give that which you've given us, we are not only happy, we are not only blessed, but it changes us. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. There's an announcement that wasn't mentioned for, for those who have given their lives to Jesus over the last um, two months. Please make sure you just come here and just see us because you guys slipped. We wanted to meet with you and get your contact, but we called in. So we would want to just meet with you and just discuss the way forward and we will be blessed. I'll be standing here, so please just come and then we will all be blessed. Thank you. A uh, round of applause for KT. Um, giving. Yeah. Um, okay, now chapter uh, down there. God says something interesting because uh, he says something interesting at the, I think, at the bottom of that chapter where he's sacrifice uh, God says, I swear by myself that surely I'll bless you. I can imagine, you know, when you're governor who take oath, I can imagine God taking an oath that I swear. In KJV it says, for surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. So the principle there is that God cannot allow for you to outgive him. Amen. Sawa, sawa. So uh, let's be upstanding as, as even as we, we share the benediction. And um, I think it fits that Nisomeyo, uh, your part, Mazi. Yeah, Genesis 22, the same chapter is actually. Uh, for me, I think this would be fitting the benediction for today. Uh, from verse 15 it says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will, I will surely bless you and make your descendants great. As numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of cities of their enemies. Father, we thank you that, Lord, even as we give of the one child that we have, Lord, in any, in any way, Father, you make descendants out of that which we sacrifice. Lord, you multiply. You multiply that which we give in terms of time, in terms of resources. Oh, Lord, we speak multiplication concerning everything that we, ha we have given unto you. Oh, Lord, you say that... You, the seeds, the seeds, when they die, they produce harvest. Oh, Father, I thank you for the giving of your people shall produce a harvest. Father, we thank you that 
our descendants, because we are under the Abrahamic covenant, shall take cities. O Lord, the product of our giving shall not go to waste. It shall multiply. Father, we thank you for your people, even as we release them with your blessing. Lord, may, may, may this word continue with them throughout the week, even as we meet again next week. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. See you next Sunday.